2: And that's right my name is Scott Adams you're listening to the Scott Adams show I want to thank everybody for tuning in today and my goodness I don't even know where to start today I mean it's it's almost too much information TMI TMI did catch a really great game Saturday night Penn State versus Auburn at Penn State 28 20 Penn State one but uh, they um They had a whiteout, and they had 110,000 fans, almost 110,000 whiteout. The game was just played like both teams played the best game I've ever seen. Fast-paced offense, just hardly any mistakes. I mean, everybody brought their A game on that game. And uh, I guess the best team won, but both teams were... At parody for sure. Um, but one of the highlights of that uh, big thing was another F Joe Biden, right? I mean, they were chanting, <laughs> these are kids that are just maskless. So everybody's asking the question. Three weeks have come and gone. <laughs> We've had Lollapalooza. We've had all these college football games with people just tearing it up in the fa- in fans. Panthers are just tearing it up. No masks. No spikes. No spikes. Now, if you were to follow in uh, Australia and what they're doing there with the draconian lockdowns, you might as well just basically, if you go to Australia, you might as well just put yourself in a cage. Because they're not living life there. It's worse than here. And that's only because we are a republic... And we'll be the last domino to fall in the world. Italy has fallen. A lot of these socialist European nations that are complicit. Remember a long time ago I told you when I got back from Italy, I I said they don't have any middle class anymore, that people were looking down in their books and their whatever. They were disengaged from socializing. They've kept to themselves. They wouldn't speak. I would ask for ask somebody for like directions or something, and they were almost like not even acknowledging that I'm talking to them because I think that they feel like they're vo- they don't have a voice. Why? Why would anybody ask me anything? I mean, it was sad, but you know that was the one thing I noticed because I hadn't been to Europe in a while. And I saw a disparity between my last visit and that visit. When I came back and I talked a lot about it. And I talked a lot about how, you know, the only way that socialism can exist is if you crush the middle class with taxes, regulations, restrictions. You know, all the things that Obama was trying to do to America uh, and all the things that Biden is doing to America and all the things that the United Nations and the World Health Organization and CDC is trying to do to America is destroy your freedom, your independence. And I always said this, right? And I'm, You recall, and I've said it a lot. It, you know, if, unless you have a middle class that represents 60% of the population and you have a Elite class, it's twenty percent. The elite and a impoverished class, it's twenty percent. You know, and there's different variations of that: upper, lower, middle. But unless you have that kind of a matrix, you know, it's sort of like an, a healthy company is one that has a good net profit, good revenue stream, and has customers from like every state in the union. And they they basically have a lot of low, a lot of customers that pay uh, to buy little things. That's a lot healthier than say a firm that has two big clients that are their cash cows. And that's it. And yet they're the ones driving around the BMWs and the Mercedes because they got more profit. But if any one of those customers leaves them, they're bankrupt. And see, that's less likely to happen when you have a strong foundation of strong base of customers or a strong base of taxpayers, a strong base of—so the Republican Party's always been about empowering people, restoring independence, smaller government, less fascism, less centralized authority, you know, all of those things, because— And that's why they don't protest in the streets so much. They're not complainers. They're not whiners. They're not victims. And all those things in between. And what we're seeing over the last couple of weeks, and I owe a lot of credit to college football fans, student bodies, the student bodies. You know, in some cases, though, like in Iowa, you got these liberals and it's quite amazing i was just reading this article in preparation for this show and it was it was uncanny it says students at the university of iowa organized a die-in a die-in protest demanding that administrators impose more stringent covid measures they chanted what do we want? Mask mandates. When do we want it? Now. And if we don't get it, shut it down. So there are all these students laying with like a chalk line around their body. And they're laying in University of Iowa, of all places. You would never catch one of the Iowa wrestlers doing that. The Iowa wrestlers aren't victims. They're, they're tough hombres. And I just don't understand, you know, well, I do understand the difference. And you can say it's just really it's not even about skin color because Black Lives Matter is far different than conservative blacks. And it was Black Lives Matter that set out to divide black America based on conservative and liberal values, whether you're a victim or whether you're someone that wants to. Use all the tools that are available as an American citizen to play by the rules, do the right thing, work hard, and achieve your goals. That's a conservative notion. And the Black Lives Matter says we want reparations, we want to be paid for things that nobody alive today did, but we want to divide America. We want to have this fight, this argument, because we're victims Never mind any of the other races and ethnic groups. Native American Indians would sure have a have a uh, say in the matter. I'm a Native American Indian, and uh, frankly, I'm too busy to be looking backward. I'm looking forward with gratitude. You know, one of the things I said over July 4th when um, there was this uh, politician that was Corey, uh, Corey, whatever, um, she was making this big stink about, you know, how blacks were victims, and I said, look, I'm a Native American Indian, I said, you know what, instead of looking at all the ills of the past, why not look, why not make martyrs and victims out of those slaves or slaughtered Native American Indians, and why not celebrate their sacrifices? And thank them with gratitude in your heart for the progresses that we've made. Because, like I said back then in July, Independence Day, I said Jefferson was flawed. He had slaves. But he wrote a document that would, that acknowledged the mistakes of that. He wrote a blueprint. He wrote a, a set of guidelines that allowed us a path out of those sins and those mistakes with amendments and appendums and addendums and a way out, a a congressional system, a republic, that allowed us federalism and power to the states and dispersing of centralized authority. But we were able to find our way out of these things but if it wasn't for the black slavery, we would have never had Martin Luther King's dream speech. If it wasn't for the slaughtered Native American Indians, we, we may not have ever had the Constitution the way it was written. You know, these protections of, for all people were written in because they knew the crimes and the sins. And they were inspired by the mistakes and the, and the the cruelties. And if it wasn't for those who paid the price before us, and you can make that argument with people who have fallen and given their life for our freedoms, and to see it squandered in Afghanistan with the way things are going under this unbelievably moronic administration. And you just know that... By, you know, you have to. Ha- you have to. You know, save, saving Pri- Private Ryan at the end, when he says, "Have I earned it?" When Matt Damon's character, Private Ryan, says, when he goes to the gravesite of Tom Hanks' character, who is basically trying to get him out of the theater because he already lost, the family already lost many lives. And he says, "Have I earned it?" And that's something that all Americans should ask: Have I earned? The sacro. Have I lived my life honorably to the point where I've earned the respect of the people that have given their lives for us? And I would say Joe Biden has not. But I think that I read and saw some things over the weekend that indicated to me that I think Joe Biden has been a coke addict his entire career. And I'm going to show some things that indicate that theory of mine, that thought of mine. But we should not look at slavery or the slaughtered Native Americans as a way to get reparations today. I think that what we need to do is look at their sacrifices and their struggles and realize that we should be grateful that those sacrifices and slaughters inspired a document that allows us to be the most exceptional and greatest country in the world. Potentially. And it's the Democrats today that are trying to dismantle it. Like Obama said, he thinks the Constitution is a flawed document written by a bunch of racists. That's not gratitude in your heart. And that little pea-brain monster has no business thinking that he could do better by rewriting the script, by engaging in what Cloward and Piven or Saul would say, destroy it, tear down the economy, collapse the country so you could rebuild it. To be one part, a spoke in the wheel of a new world order, These are not aspirations for a free society. And you need only look at Ocasio-Cortez standing in a photo with masked servants around her getting a manicure and having her bows tied on straight for her dress. And the same thing happened last night with the, the Emmys and all these people that weren't wearing masks except for the help. The people on the red carpet weren't wearing masks, but all the help was. And it wasn't just for photo ops. It was all night long. It seems to be the only virus in history that doesn't, doesn't infect the elite at their birthday parties on Martha's Vineyard. But no, it's more than that. It's not just about elitism living one set of rules and the pauper and the peasants living another. It isn't just about the fact that the UN starts up today and Biden's going to be there talking about more mandates and embracing a world order of mandates and controls while they don't have to wear masks themselves. And they get away with it. It's not just about using vaccine passports as an excuse. Because if you listen to this Australian speaker, they talk about how it's not just going to be a vaccine passport anymore. It's going to be a booster passport. And after the booster passport, it's just going to be a plug and play. It's going to be a social credit score passport. It's going to document and uh, give you a merit-based system. And that's no, way, that's no way to live. I like this. Last Refuge uh, over at the conservative treehouse wrote this. They said, make ivermectin and zinc capsules an over-the-counter product at every convenience store in the country. Then go back to normal. Follow the Indian model. So Sky News, basically, and he took a little bit of that information from NIH, but Sky News wrote, Victoria Premier Daniel Andrews has hit out at critics of the state's roadmap saying, if you pretend you've got an alternative plan, please provide me with the modeling that backs that up. So, He was on video, basically saying they're going to double down. They're going to double down on on uh, booster shot booster shots as well. So you know it's absolute Let's take a well. Let's let's take a listen to this. Let's see. Here we go.
0: Now let's be very clear about this, right? Let's be very very clear about this. If and it's always ifs, right? So if the virus doesn't come from Sydney, we don't have these cases and we don't really need a roadmap. We can open up really, really quickly because we only have a very small number of cases. If we were vaccinated at 80% six months ago or a year ago, then we wouldn't need a roadmap, would we? All those kind of hypo- hypotheticals, I don't get the benefit in the work that I do uh, of, of I can't pretend that those things are real. These are the circumstances we face and... Uh, Everyone's got different views. They're perfectly entitled to their different views. But if you pretend that you've got an alternative plan, well, then please provide me with the modelling, the detailed modelling that backs, backs that up. I don't think that's an unreasonable thing for me to, me to say. But, look, this is the plan. We've released the modelling. If we could go faster safely without completely crashing our health system uh, and seeing many more people than I fear will die, so many more people than, I, than what we predict will succumb to this, finishing up, passing away, how, how would that be a responsible thing so for me to do?
1: Crashing the health system. Before, when you were saying we needed to wait for the morning, you said there were two lines.
2: Uh, that's not actually the clip that I wanted. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to actually get the clip. Uh, I know the clip. It's something you almost have to hear to believe. Um, but, Yeah. OK, right here.
0: Thanks for joining us for the daily update. First things first, that the relationship that we previously had no, is good. that's
2: no. uh, <laughs> I uh, you know, the thing is, I had the clip all lined up. I don't know where it is right now. Uh, I think this is it. It
0: won't be a vaccine passport right you'll be showing in the first half of next year. It'll be your booster passport right to here. show that you've been to have your third jab. And that you've still got the protection that comes from either AstraZeneca, Moderna, or uh, Pfizer. In the first half of next year, it'll be your booster passport to show that.
2: See, so it's never going to end, right? But there's so many questions. There's so many great questions that are going on right now. And there's so many uh, great tweets out there. And I, I would say that we are winning. We're winning on multiple fronts, actually. And when you think about it. You know, the AZ audit came out with something promising. You've all heard me saying some things recently, and then we're going to get back to some COVID clips, uh, COVID quips and clips. Um, but one of the things I want to say about the AZ audit the AZ audit came out and they said they got the routers information that they needed. And so, Wendy Rogers and uh, Fan uh, basically both said they have what they need. What that told told me was that they've actually come to an agreement. They negotiated with the Maricopa County and they've come out preemptively and said they have everything they need. What that tells me is that they don't they they're basically saying we have the goods and we have no excuses. We can't blame it on we didn't have this or that. We've gotten everything we need. And so Friday at 1 p.m., Friday, um, the day of the week on that is going to be the 24th. So Friday the 24th at 1 p.m., they're going at 1 p.m., and I don't know if that's Arizona time or Eastern time, but they're going to make the announcement. And the announcement's going to be that they were going to come out with the goods. And I was skeptical for a long time because I didn't like the fact that there were no leaks. I saw a lot of bribed, uh negotiations happening. And I believe all that did pan out. I think at the end of the day, though, the, the, the winning bid, and again, I don't give... I think that the winning bidder was the truth. And I I think that the truth was ultimately what they wanted to do, but I think that their arms were being twisted for a lot of reasons. And now they're basically the tea leaf that I take away is that the people who were negotiating with the Maricopa County got access to the routers. They didn't get the routers, but they got access to the data that they were seeking. And so what that means to me is that they are basically saying, we are going to produce and reveal all the evidence. The only thing that was holding us up was we wanted to see and match router data. We've gotten that information. We are now ready to release our findings. And we have no excuses. We are happy. We got everything we wanted. So now I believe that the result, the report that we're going to get is going to be the report uh, that was promised. The report that says a lot of stuff happened. And that's going to be a game changer. I believe that will be a game changer. So that's some positive news with the AZ audit. And now with the COVID, because the most important thing, I think, going on in our country first is election integrity. I believe that's number one. You cannot have a country if you have rigged elections. And the Democrats, everybody knows, the Democrats only won these elections through fraud. There are not enough retards out there to vote Democrat. Honestly, they're just not enough. I can't imagine people being overwhelmingly that stupid in that massive a number. Although, if you were to listen to, uh, if you were to listen to, um, just spilled some coffee. Um, If you were to listen to the folks over at CNN, though, like Brian Stelter, you know, talking about J6 and spinning, you know, talking about the rally over the weekend. You know, they, they spin it in such a way that it's just preposterous. Everybody, including Donald Trump, said don't go to the J6 rally. The, the one that happened over the weekend, right? The J6 protest rally, you know, where people are still locked up for non-crimes that they have not even been charged with the crime. And so 500, 600 people showed up and most of those people were journalists and most of those people were FBI agents. And in fact, they had one arrest where there was a guy with a gun and the guy with the gun was an agent, I think he may have been Secret Service or CIA, but he showed a badge and it could have been FBI. I've heard all kinds of things. I've heard all three, but let's just say it's FBI agent, but he was undercover and that was that he was undercover and they busted him. I'm just here, the guy said, so it was absolutely, you know, funny that that was the case. The other big news is Hillary Clinton has been busted wide open. Okay, so not only are we getting we're we having good news with the AZ audit, and a lot of good things are happening in the Pennsylvania audit, and a lot of good things are happening elsewhere with regard to election integrity. So that's one great piece of news. The second great piece of news is this J6 thing. It was the ultimate troll to the mainstream media. The mainstream media is trying to spin it as people don't care about it anymore, uh, that the Republicans are afraid or, or the Trump support is dwindling, it's diminished, people have finally gotten smart and wised up and decided not this isn't the right path for them. That wasn't at all the case. They got it wrong. They spun it incorrectly. What it was was we knew this was going to be a setup. And that we weren't going to bite. And the only people that showed up were undercover agents and journalists, left-wing media, trying to spin this negatively for the Trump supporters. And I say Trump, to say conservative or GOP or Republican, I don't even, every time I say it, I, I'm only thinking of Donald Trump. Who needs to be reelected. In order to write these, write this ship, and wouldn't it be great after having our time with Kamala Harris and Joe Biden to see the stark contrast and to find out the truth about the Russian hoax, and to find out the truth about the open borders, and to find out the truth about Black Lives Matter, and to find out the truth about liberal foreign policy and what they allowed to happen in Afghanistan and to find out the truth about our Pentagon and our military. And you think what Obama did to destroy our military by firing all the conservatives and installing a whole bunch of liberals, if you think that Obama was successful at that, and he was, you better believe that Donald Trump 2.0 after he has the mandates and the support of the plurality of the American people, what you will see is a game-changing moment. And if you can get DeSantis to follow up for the two terms after that, carrying us through to 2036, Trump 2024 to 2028, 2028 to 2032, 2032 to 2036— That's what can happen to our country. That is how we save our country. Trump and DeSantis as the vice president carrying us through, carrying the torch through to 2036. That will save our republic. That is the only path that saves us. No more of this half-baked, these half-baked politicians. No more of that. We cannot have that. Otherwise, we're going to have morons like this. Let's take a listen to what Trudeau had to say about vaccine passports. We're paying for the provincial vaccine passports to make sure that when someone comes into a restaurant, they'll know they won't be sitting beside a table of people who are unvaccinated. When you go into a gym, when you go to a movie theater, you need to know that if you've done the right things, you get to be safe. You get to be rewarded for having done the right things. That's what it's all about. And those people who still hesitate, who still resist, well, they won't get to enjoy the same things that those who've done their part for others. It seems like a very logical thing. It seems like a very obvious thing. Yeah, it seems like a pretty logical, obvious, happy thing for those that are in power mandating these things because they sit at the top. That's why I always said it's like a game of musical chairs. It's like who's sitting in the chair is happy with the rules that are in place, but the person standing outside who gets thrown out, that's the person that doesn't... So when they want to convert a capitalist society, a republic like ours, to socialism and communism, the people that are in charge, whether it's Ocasio-Cortez or Ilhan Omar or... Rashid Talib, or any one of these other monsters, you know, Nancy Pelosi and Jerry, Jerry Nadler and Chuck Schumer and, you know, all these crazy nut jobs. Cory Booker comes to mind. What a nut job. T-Bone. Anyway, the point is, is that at that moment, those are the people that are in charge and those are the people that will never have to run for re-election again, because elections aren't really a thing in socialist communist societies, are they? So whoever's in charge, and see, the problem for the Republicans is, once again, they don't want socialism or communism. They want a free and fair election. They want democracy. They like our republic. They enjoy. Endorse federalism and decentralization of power. The Columbia Bugle wrote this. They said this, and this is right. The Republican governors could crush Biden's push from vaccine mandates and passports tomorrow or today by simply following Montana's example and banning all vaccine mandates, no matter who's enforcing them. Make corporate and private vaccine mandates illegal. It just takes some courage. And I think that's right. In the last refuge, and I read this already to you, but I'm going to read it again. Make ivermectin and zinc capsules an over the counter product. Just like Tylenol 3 requires a prescription, but Tylenol 1 is over the counter. You could easily make a safe product with ivermectin, zinc, and vitamin D and make it a COVID. Why we haven't developed an over-the-counter COVID remedy? Vitamin D, you know, like what they do with these, you know, antioxidants and all these different things you can buy as supplements. Why wouldn't they put a lower dosage of ivermectin and zinc and vitamin D and everything, all these things into one nice, neat little pill. And sell it over-the-counter. People would buy it up like there's no tomorrow. Make ivermectin and zinc capsules an over-the-counter product at every convenience store in the country. Then go back to normal. Follow the Indian model. India has had great success with this. Something that they said wouldn't be successful is Successful. Now, you're hearing all over Australia, two reports, and I can play these clips of these people saying it. The FBI spent, uh, the, 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 and they said this, that if you are vaccinated and you get COVID, basically what happens is, guess what? You get ivermectin treatment. But if you are unvaccinated, you get put on a ventilator. And you die from these ventilators. Remember when President Trump was forced to get ventilators? And ventilators were killing people because it was blowing the virus, the cytomatic uh, uh, surge into your lungs. Um, so it was the wrong thing to do. <clears throat> Fifty years, Fauci's been in, in business. And somehow he was too stupid to know these things. Where are the doctors coming from? Where are they getting? See, one of the advancements of medicine is that there is this groupthink. Everybody looks almost like the juris, juris, jurisprudence, where they always looked the at case precedents, they always cite previous cases. Well, in the medical world, they do very much the same thing they look at case studies and they share data. And that's how our medicine has gotten so good. One of the fundamental flaws of that, though, is it becomes almost like zombie monkey speak, is where they don't deviate for unique situations. And they don't think outside of boxes. Except for in this case, where they did deviate. Because it was always understood that asymptomatic doesn't spread. Masks don't work. And that COVID was always more like a flu. And I coined this thing and I said, what's worse? Is is the flu flu, uh, 21 as bad as COVID-19? You know, I mean, what is the difference between flu 21? And I think we should start calling it that because they call this COVID-19 gives it like this mysterious name but it's it's actually more than that. It's it's a it's a narrative. And we got to get ahead of that curve. Let's just call the flu flu 21. Again, the flu doesn't even exist anymore, does it? Where is the flu? I posted that question. Where is the flu? Nobody knows where the flu is. It's gone. It became COVID. And so many reports are coming out where the hospitals are and coroner's offices are getting busted finding out that they've been attributing COVID to all kinds of various deaths. We've known this for years. We've reported on it for years. But it's starting to come out in a way that's sticking. So like I say, the conservative movement, the Trump movement, is winning. We got the AZ audit. We got COVID being exposed. We know what's going on. Like these people from Haiti coming across the border. How in the world... Do these islanders get the money to fly over to the Mexican border and come in? I heard another report that says these were people that were in the southern part of California that migrated their way over to that area of the country so that they can get in and get their citizenship. So they're exploiting it in all kinds of different ways. But how do you explain that? They're all Haitians. How are they getting there? They're living on an island. They don't have two bucks to rub together. They're socioeconomically depressed. And we're not supposed to be taking people in just because they're poor. We're supposed to be taking them in because of political asylum. None of these people are being mistreated. None of them have been locked up, have been whatever, you know. So where are the guidelines? And this is all by design. And everybody sort of acknowledges it. Sean Davis writes, the FBI spent a year spying on Carter Page, but has no clue where Brian Laundrie is. The FBI sent a dozen agents to a NASCAR garage, but ignored evidence against Larry Nassar, the sex guy. The FBI held a lame Fed poster rally, which was the rally this past weekend at the Capitol, but doesn't know the motive behind the Las Vegas shooting. It's a complete clown show. Absolutely. Clown show. So, Brian Stelter writes, Even though it was a dud, small crowd of capital protests is still the lead story on Sunday's Washpo front page. Why? Because, as the story lead says, it was the most anticipated visit by right wing activists to the nation's capital since a mob stormed the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. I said in response to that, more proof that Brian Stelter still anticipates Santa coming down from his chimney and the Easter Bunny hiding an egg up his butt during a CNN Zoom call with Jeffrey Tubin, who we know what Jeffrey Tubin did on a Zoom call, Fredo Chris Como, and Freak Show Don Lamont. They all created a wish for J6 and instead got trolled this weekend. It's absolutely true. They did get trolled. Let's listen to Mark Milley lie. How about that? About Afghanistan. And
1: um, all of the engagement criteria were being met. We went through the same level of rigor that we've done for years.
2: Uh, And we took a strike. Uh, So that we did. secondly, um, is we know that there were secondary explosions. Uh, because there were secondary explosions, there's a reasonable uh, conclusion to be made that there was explosives in that vehicle. The third
1: thing is we know from a variety of other means that at least one of those people that were killed was a ISIS facilitator. Uh, so were there others killed? Yes, there are others
2: killed. Who they are, we don't know. Uh, we'll try to sort through all that. Uh, but we believe that the procedures at this point, I don't want to influence the outcome of an investigation, um, but at this point we think that the procedures were correctly followed, and it was a righteous strike. A righteous strike. September 1st, so he lied through his teeth. It was a family of seven people, plus somebody who was carrying water and servicing our our, our interests. And it was a basically green fire. And we killed a whole bunch of innocent people, 13 of them. We lost 13 soldiers, And we killed 13 in a drone strike. And Millie just lied to us there. Only a couple of weeks ago he said that. It's absolutely absurd. So here's another victory that I want to report. The South Carolina Sheriff's Association says officers cannot enforce Biden's vaccine mandate. So if more people would do what Montana is doing, more governors and just ma- completely ban these vaccine mandates. That's I think that's what's in, what's what needs to be called for. More COVID uh, stuff. Growing up, we survived not wearing seatbelts or helmets, drinking water from a hose, climbing the monkey bars on black top pit playgrounds and riding in the back of pickup trucks. So forgive us for not being scared of a flu-like virus with a nearly 100% survival rate. Now, I want to, again, th- like today is really tough to keep the show in organized. Th- it's, it's hard to keep the show tight and organized because there's normally there's like three or four stories we'll cover. Today, we're covering almost like six or seven stories. Kash Patel is somebody that I'm a really big fan of. And he was part of the security advice team for Trump. And he worked close with Rick Grinnell. And Kash Patel tells Mark Levin that on January 6th, within the hour after Ashley Babbitt was shot, Speaker Pelosi was on the phone with him and the Secretary of Defense asking when food services was going to open up so they could eat. Let's take a listen.
1: And that Pelosi intends to defend, and so does the Democrat Party. We need a commission, an outside commission, to get to the bottom of exactly what occurred here. What do you think?
3: I think uh, that's the first I've heard of it, and that's an, au- that's an outstanding idea. We do need a, bipartisan, a commission to execute an investigation um, like the likes that we did under uh, Devin Nunes and Russiagate. But returning to the Nuclear Command Authority, let me be clear. The President of the United States and the Secretary of Defense are the only two human beings on planet Earth who are mandated with the rights to execute the Nuclear Command Authority. The chairman is not. If he's calling the Speaker of the House, and I know for a fact on January 6th, he called the Speaker of the House politically. Multiple times. Do you want to know what Speaker Pelosi's worry was on January 6th when she called me and the Secretary of Defense after Ashley Babbitt was shot within the hour after her shooting? She asked the Secretary of Defense and I what time Congressional Food Services was going to reopen so that her members could eat. I said, Madam, Madam Speaker, my focus is on defending the Capitol building and defending the Constitution and not allowing armored personnel carriers, which was your request, to float down the streets of D.C. because." The Capitol Police and the FBI failed their duties on January 6th. And turning back to Mark Milley in those conversations, it's the same continued act of conduct, of egregious conduct that violates the Constitution. Be it on January 6th, be it on Afghanistan, be it uh, now what we're talking about with the nuclear codes and also with his phone calls to China. This is a pattern of behavior from a chairman who says whatever he needs to say to save his job. And when the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff makes the number one national security priority, white supremacy in the Department of Defense, you know what happens? You have an evacuation in Afghanistan that leaves 13 American soldiers dead. The condition-based withdrawal plan that we ran under President Trump uh, was working, it was successful, and I'm proud to say we lost zero service members. That's the most concrete evidence we can give of the National Command Authority working, from the President of the United States uh, to the Secretary of Defense and Chris Miller to Scotty Miller on the ground in Afghanistan. We showed the American people how to do it. Chairman Milley is trying to use the media to show that the mission serves his needs, and that is the main reason he needs to go and be court-martialed <laughs> under the UCMJ.
2: Absolutely. Should be court-martialed. Let's take a uh, listen to this uh, other clip.
1: Are you aware of your your chief of staff to the last uh, secretary of defense? Are you aware of Nancy Pelosi ever calling you prior to January 6th to bring in
3: the National Guard? No. And you know what happened? We went to them. President Trump authorized two days before January 6, 20,000 National Guardsmen. And as you know, the law requires a presidential consent and a request from the Speaker of the House for the Capitol Police. We went to them two days before, and it's in writing in our Department of Defense timeline. It's documented. Their side said, we don't need any National Guard. Do you think the House commission
1: she set up with all these reprobates and bootlickers, do you think they'll
3: dig into Nancy Pelosi's role and failing to protect the members of the House of Representatives? No, of course not, because as you know, that commission reports to her. So the second it does anything looking into her actions leading up to January 6th, she will will shut it down. That's the unfortunate part about a commission that the Speaker of the House sets up. It reports directly to her. So there would have to be a tectonic shift uh, in that commission to go after people like Nancy Pelosi. And I believe the American people need her to testify under oath about her actions leading up to January 6th and her conversations with Chairman Milley about the nuclear code. And maybe
1: they'll subpoena her phone calls and her texts and her emails <laughs> and her records so we could find out exactly what took place. But in the final moments we have left, just to underscore, one of the priorities she raised with you and the Secretary when she called you after January 6th was to get the cafeteria at the Capitol up and running. Is that correct?
3: It was within the hour after Ashley Babbitt was shot.
2: That part we already heard. Um, But uh, there's a lot that we could learn, especially if Nancy Pelosi were to give a statement. So I'm going to go through a bunch of these tweets and some things that I uh, can go through. We're not going to get to all the show that I wanted to give today, but we are going to get through as much as possible. Um, I asked this question, is there any difference between flu 21 and COVID-19? I do that tongue in cheek. But, you know, I think we ought to start giving like flu 21, you know, coining it like that. Because that changes sort of the way we... Now, I want you to take a listen to this Australian clip real quick and listen to what this guy says.
1: Hospitals now, if you've got COVID-19 and have been either single shot or double shot, because, you know, it's party, they treat you with ivermectin. Even though the TGA has banned ivermectin for use outside of the hospital, in the hospitals they are using ivermectin to treat the vaccinated people. Why? So they can say, look, if you're vaccinated, you recover quicker. No, you are using the very drug that you banned that helps both the vaccinated and unvaccinated. But here's the thing, if you're unvaccinated, they rush to stick you on a ventilator so they can get $37,000 and to show that if you're unvaccinated you have a higher chance of dying.
2: It's all about money. Because if it's the covid and then listen to this, this is another person, another venue, another day. This is a doctor. Take a listen.
4: Tommy I'd like to tell you, and some of you will know this, and some of you may not, but I'm going to tell you what is happening in hospitals down south. Those that are vaccinated and present with COVID are now being given, wait for it, ivermectin. Ivermectin they're giving them, and they're surviving the COVID and walking out of the hospitals. And they're going and saying, look, the vaccine saved me. It wasn't the vaccine that saved them, it's the ivermectin. And those that are unvaccinated and are presenting with COVID, guess what they're doing to them? They're putting them on ventilators. And ventilators are the wrong treatment for people with COVID. It causes pulmonary edema and they drown. This is what happened in America last year. That's why all the thousands of people died in America last year. And this is what they're doing in Australia to our fellow Australians in Victoria and New South Wales. And I am disgusted as a nurse of 40 years.
2: A nurse of 40 years. Gives me goosebumps, actually. That's, you, you, I am so livid when I hear that. I, I, uh, I can't believe how I just felt when I heard that just now. Um, just... Whatever I can't I can't explain it. Um, I want to read some other tweets though. So this guy uh, Melinda, or no Melinda Richards she says this: What damages your immune system? This is a great question. What damages your immune system? Staying indoors. Would that question me if you know? What damages your immune system? Let's go through the list. What would damage your immune system? Staying indoors, wearing a mask, sanitizing your environment. We've heard for years, antibacterial soap, one of the problems is it kind of lowers your immune system. Lack of sunshine, vitamin D, stress, depression, lack of exercise. Lack of social contact and isolation. Those are all key ingredients to lowering your immune system. Am I right or am I right? I mean, how could you argue that? Everybody knows that. It's common sense. There's something else I wanted to get into. Glenn Greenwald wrote up a really great threaded threaded tweet. Says all four statements from the Hillary tweet eight days before the election, all four are complete lies. This scam is related to Alpha Bank. Um, the four things you need to know about the Trump organization's secret server to communicate with Russia Alpha Bank. And this is what she said Donald Trump has a secret server, it was set up to communicate privately with a Putin-tied Russian bank called Alpha Bank. Uh, when a reporter asked about it, they shut it down. One week one week later, they created a new server with a different name for the same purpose. That's something that Hillary Clinton tweeted out October thirty-first, 2016. And so when you think about it, she was lying from the very start. She was the one that was driving the, the, the false narrative. Cheryl Atkinson reports, Mrs. Short was stunned to see COVID-19 named as a cause for her husband's death certificate after he died of an aggressive cancer. He tested negative for coronavirus three times. Only after the family complained was COVID-19 removed. Clerical error was to blame. Elon Musk writes a reply, Because Cyberfarmer says the president of the United States has refused to even acknowledge the four newest American astronauts who helped raise hundreds of millions of dollars for St. Jude. What's your theory on that? Elon Musk says he's still sleeping. Elon Musk doesn't even like him. There's a lot of fraud that's been exposed related to registrations in um, Arizona. We're probably going to cover that tomorrow uh, because we don't have any more time today. But the numbers are also skewed in Colorado with regard to COVID deaths. Health officials reportedly continue to conflate deaths from and with COVID. Stephanie writes, eight fully vaccinated saints. uh, Now, this is the new New Orleans Saints. Assistant coaches have tested positive for COVID. The vaccines are working great. So eight fully vaccinated saints got COVID. So we're supposed to somehow think. And then Kevin Sorbo wrote the best tweet of all. He says, they won't let you eat in the restaurant in San Francisco if you're unvaccinated. But you can poop on the sidewalk out front. I'm not saying do it. But, you know, you could if you wanted to. Right? I mean, they got it all backwards, don't they? And this is all for a reason. It's about control. And you know, there's so much more I want to cover today. We're going to cover it tomorrow, and there's still so much we want to talk about. But I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Another commercial-free day. Uh, please check out buglecall.org, magapack.org, and Scott Adams Show for the latest podcast. And we'll see you next time on the just to
1: bury my kids right up to there.